Sexy Podcast, where every other week we get together to speculate as to the sex lives of superheroes. It's locker room talk for nerds, geeks, fanboys, and any and all aficionados of pop culture. As always, I'm the last cowboy of Krypton, Matthew J. Therio. With me is criminal mastermind Andy Taylor. We are the Super Sexy Podcasters. Hello, everybody. Hey, Andy. How are we doing this week? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm, I'm doing all right. I can't complain. Had a good trip to uh, D.C. recently, going to Brooklyn uh, for apparently the best burger in New York City next week. Got Comic-Con coming up very soon. That is my favorite week of any year. Yeah, like Comic-Con, New York Comic-Con is like my Christmas. (laughs) And probably it'll already be done by the time this episode comes out. So uh, I'd say come look for me in the cowboy hat. I'll be the only one, but... Yeah, that's it'll be a little too late by then. But uh, we're gonna jump right into it uh, since okay, a little behind the curtain right here. We're recording back to back episodes with the last one, so uh, no new news, so no super sexy news uh, segment. But uh, it'll have been old news by then anyway, so doesn't really matter. All right, we're gonna jump right into it. Today's topic: women of Kleenex which is uh, part three of our Superman episode. And the title obviously referencing uh, the very famous essay by Larry Niven, uh, Man of Steel, Woman of Kleenex, where he's talking about Superman like as a physiological, biological, anatomical level why he couldn't like consummate with human women. And so these are all the human women who aren't Lois Lane, who don't have LL, name, or LL names, all the other women that he has been romantically involved with or have been really like had it out for him had a huge crush and it's by no means exhaustive but it's some of the highlights so let's uh jump right into it unless you got anything for us well my my one thing is is um is princess diana considered human yeah amazons or a type of human like She's a metahuman, but human all the same. Like they come from Earth, they're like part of the Homo sapien species. Okay, because like I mean, if you were to like test her uterus with that of like Lois Lane, you would obviously see a difference. You know, because they I mean, they can't genetically. Handle yeah. I think she's a human. Uh, might be a, like a mutant human, but uh, and also remember, most of her powers come from the fact that she's a demigoddess. Like she is the daughter of Zeus. So uh, her body physically is that of human, but she has supernatural powers. I mean, even the Amazons that aren't like coming from the gods directly, they do have agelessness and higher stamina and greater strength. Would they There's age, something they, different about their genes, or maybe they're just magic, or who knows? I've never seen any like science of it been broken down. Like not like uh, Superman, where it's very much it is his alien physiology. We can explain it, you know, with these mutations. Uh, Diana doesn't get the same treatment. 
But we just they, don't know. They they still age though, right? Like they still. No, they do not. Oh, they do not. So they're spray pretty no, much. No, they, they had not been any new Amazons on Themyscira since the time of Hercules. Well, because women, unless they're gonna give birth, uh, what they, what they call that, uh, where women just naturally give birth for no reason. Auto. Oh, I know. No, it's not auto anything. Uh, what is it? It's the one where fe- like snakes do that. Um, parthenogenesis parthenogenesis so there's yeah, none from, of that from the greek parthenos meaning uh virgin which is where we get parthenon from uh because it is the temple to the virgin goddess athena and so you don't have any of that happening but they still need dna from the man so obviously there's not going to be any new women being born but if they maintain and every woman is the same then they are so much there they get to a point that they become timeless they grow up to an age. Well, that was just a gift from the goddesses like Aphrodite and Hera and Athena and all them. Like the idea that they wouldn't ever age. Like that that's pure magic right there. Ah, okay. Just, so- just like Themyscira being hidden from the world of men. And then either many hundreds of years or 18 years before like the main DC universe kicks off. Uh, that's when Wonder Woman comes onto the scene as like the only child like being raised on that island. Uh in the original version, it's like she was shaped out of clay, and then her mother, Hippolyta, prays, and her prayer is answered by the goddesses, and they imbue her with life. Uh, versus post-New 52, and in the movie, she is just Zeus, who we were talking about, like, I was cheating on Hera last week, just getting it on with Hippolyta. Mm-hmm. Just like, and, and yep. She claims, oh, I was made by this, but that's what her mommy told her. You know, she really got down with Zeus, and from what I understood, Zeus had said that if you want a child, we're going to do it the old-fashioned way. We're going to do it right in front of everybody. That is Zeus's way. Yeah, and and then that's how Diana was actually born, like she, or conceived. She was conceived by Zeus, getting it on with um, uh, Hippolyta. Hippolyta, right in front Which of— you know where that comes from. In uh, front of all of them. Basically, all of the Amazonians. He basically penetrated her and did it right in front of all of them. My man. Yeah. But uh, speaking of Greek etymologies, Hippolyta, you know, comes from the Greek word hippo, meaning uh, horse. That's where you get the word hippodrome from, and hippopotamus, horse of the river. Interesting. I'm modern in ancient Greek, so whenever I got a chance to drop some uh, knowledge there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, but obviously we've been talking about Princess Diana, a.k.a. Wonder Woman, as the first of uh, many, many love interests that Clark has had, uh, in addition to all the ones we talked about the last two weeks. So, uh, most famously, perhaps, and we just talked about this uh, very, very special issue, uh, The Man Who Has Everything by Alan Moore. Now, after Clark had been freed from his fantasy caused by Mongol, uh... Diana gives him his birthday present, which is a kiss right on the lips. Mm. And he turns to her as like, why don't we do this more often? <laughs> which obviously, like, they're the strongest man, strongest woman on earth. You know, both have like the same like flowing brunette hair and, you know, piercing blue eyes and just chiseled bodies. Like, Perfect. It is yeah. so obvious. But that's exactly what she said to him. That's her exact quote. It's too obvious. And so he just kind of like accepts his place in the friend zone right there. Ugh. Yeah, same thing happened uh, when John Byrne started his run uh, in, on Superman in the mid-80s. Like, 
they thought about it for half a second, and Superman's like, man, your world of, like, actual gods and goddesses is, like, just a level above me, and, like, she's like, no, 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 like, you, you are a god just like any other of them, and he's like, nah, ain't gonna work like you and me, but they thought about it for half a second. Finally, come to New 52, basically, Flash reboots the multiverse, just so that DC can annul Clark's marriage to Lois. And then, he's a bachelor again. He's single. Who's he going for? Not Lois Lane. Been there, done that. He is going for 18-year-old Princess Diana, fresh off of Themyscira, right new to the mainland. Actually, he, he waits like five years. She's like 23. She's on the rebound from uh, Steve Trevor. Things didn't quite work out, and Superman literally swoops swoops in and like takes her from him. and like they were both on the justice league and yeah come justice league number 12 like they decide yeah let's make this happen absolutely and uh they, they stayed together they never broke up right until his death because remember that version of uh superman like died and then there was more multiverse shenanigans and the original superman from before flash rebooted the universe like he made his way like and then Mr. Mixel Pitalek like screwed with time again and made it so that he was always the main Superman of the universe. It's very confusing stuff. Point being, at one point in the comics, Clark and Diana did date. But that's just like the main uh, main universe. Like if you go to uh, I believe it's Earth twenty five, uh, the Kingdom Come timeline uh, by Mark Wade. That's obviously following the death of Lois Lane. And so, after like 10 years of mourning, finally, Clark and Diana become romantically involved. And by the end, they have a big announcement for Bruce. And Bruce, being the greatest detective in the world, he just blurts it out, you're pregnant. <laughs> and, and they're like, how did you know? And this is kind of, I love what he says. Like, hey, look, for an ageless Amazon of physical perfection, you have put oh, on like two or three pounds. <laughs> Which, and, and yeah, like, but then, like, they have the child, because Bruce becomes the godfather, the child of Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman, like, you know that kid is going to be well off. Uh, yeah, Bruce Wayne is taking care of him, like, that's like the richest, at the time, I think he's the richest man on the planet, or he competes with Lex Luthor I, at the time? Still, still a billionaire, so they're still going to have those fortunes, and still going to be, like, half Kryptonian, like... Doesn't even need the money. Just oh, can do yeah. whatever. He's going to have the training and the knowledge of all three. Oh, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Imagine what Bruce can do as a human. What that kid, you know, what she's going to be able to do. Kryptonian with all the, like, the martial arts skills of Batman. It was a girl? And his money. Yeah. yeah that's uh, what uh, Diana suggested. Nice. You know, that was... Uh... Oh man, that that I I remember that because um, I read the book. I'm a big I I was the book guy. The novelization. Yeah, the novelization of it, and I re I remember reading it, and just it was reading the words of how Clark and Diana both looked stunned, like what the hell? Like how do you know this? And he's just like you know, and like he said, you know, for an Amazonian, you have packed on a few pounds. You know, it, yep. and it was that 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 feeling from the book. You know, I I, I don't yep. know. We'll do a whole episode on uh, Wonder Woman one day. Yeah, but for now we're just limited to like 
her romantic involvement with Superman. So, you, you had some thoughts, though, uh, uh, on oh, Princess Diana. Yeah, no, no. She, um, I, I would see Clark as being faithful. He is that guy that is n- guaranteed never to cheat. Oh, absolutely. Yes. 100%. So, what, Diana. Except for we're going to. Talk about an exception to that rule later on. Right. But Di- the Diana was almost guaranteed. She, she, when her investment into Clark, giving her a kid, she was guaranteed to have not just the perfect husband, the perfect child. Absolutely. But you were talking to me uh, before we started recording. You have some thoughts on the casting of Princess Diana. I don't agree with the casting of Gal Gadot. While she is attractive, I want. I want Princess Diana to look Amazonian. She needs to look broad shoulder, more Spartan woman looking like, you know? I I could not disagree more. I I think her strength doesn't have to be shown. I I think the fact that she's very physically fit, yeah. So she should be slender and and her strength should be surprising. But uh, I I like Gal Gadot, her figure for the most part. I do think that she should have been a little bit more well-endowed yes. like uh, Linda, Linda Carter. Carter. Yes, yes. She, at least a little more, um, I'm not, I don't want to say confident, but more chest up, out, shoulders back. And that's just the character, like being true to how she's shown in the comics. Like, personally, I don't mind petite, you know, chicks whatsoever. All right, yeah, I, I agree. This is coming back to, That's like, you thing, know, yeah. almost to a sexual, like, attraction type thing. And to, for me, I want that character to be perfect because if they fit that character just right, to me, that, that that's the same as sexual attraction, you know? She should look like her mom was carving her from clay to be, like, the perfect yes, like, woman. Yes, and I would be in the front, you know, jerking off onto the fucking the, the stuff that she was chipping away. Don't don't get kicked out of the movie theater here. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the, that's the idea, you know? I want Diana, Princess Diana, to be so perfect to even... She would almost, like, be a feminine... Man of Steel. Agreed. We'll both have to come with our casting choices uh, when we do our Wonder Woman episode. For now, let us move on to Maxima. Now, Maxima, she was introduced back in uh, Action Comics 645. She was an alien uh, villainess from the planet Almorak, who basically like did a reverse heel turn to become a heroine. And she eventually joined the Justice League. However, in her initial encounter with the Man of Steel, they're very much on opposing sides. She came to Earth specifically to seek him out, not to fight, but to fuck. <laughs> now, regarding him as the singularly suitable mate for herself in the whole universe. And vice versa, she thought, like, that, you know, she was the only one good enough for Superman. Even though, Superman, he spurns her advances. So, yeah. I mean, and she is more of that like broad-shouldered Amazon, like so I can kind of understand where he's coming from, but uh, that doesn't mean like in Elseworlds, like in some of those stories, uh, she actually does fall in Superman, fall in love with Superman while he's like mourning Lois Lane. Problem being, and this is coming straight out of uh, Niven's Women of Kleenex uh, piece, she was kicked to death from inside her own womb by their half Kryptonian offspring. <laughs> So, DC Comics, they, they read that piece by Larry Niven, Man of Steel, Woman of Kleenex. I'm like, we got to adapt that. Absolutely. Well, let's, let's draw those images. Now, 
if she had her if she conceived the kid but went to a different solar system where there was a different sun that didn't produce the same as our yellow sun, you know, the way super because Superman only gets his power. right like uh, uh, under a red sun, perhaps exactly. That child should technically have been, but how does she actually like raise that child while it was in the womb? Well, she didn't because obviously, like, that child eventually got strong enough, you know, just from the little bit of sunlight she was absorbing and like giving through like the amniotic fluids or mm, the placenta yeah. or however babies gestate. I actually don't really know. And I don't care to find out. <laughs> However, that happens. Uh, it eventually got enough sunlight that it's kicking its way out. Ouch. Yep. Well, let's, uh, let's move on to what I think is just a gem of a story right here. I'm talking about Big Barda. And now, th- this is really only from uh, one, one incident that occurred in uh, Action Comics number 592 and 593. Uh, now, Big Barda, she is one of the female Furies from Apocalypse. Uh, she's like the head of the Furies before she and her husband, uh, Scott Free, Mr. Miracle, they escape and they come to Earth. But, in this, uh, and they get married, like, so they're in love, they're monogamous, all of that. However, a uh, telepathic vis- uh, villain named Sleaze, he finds her, he puts her and Superman under his telepathic spell. And you can guess from the name Sleaze what he wants them to do. He doesn't want them to like rob banks or take over the world or anything like that. Nope. He decides the best way to make money through having these two super strong you know, individuals under his control, they've got a star in a porno. And they are in the middle of filming that porno as Mr. Miracle is like watching from the moonroof like Superman making out with Big Barda about to take their clothes off. Like, and, and this is like a plot by Darkseid, you know, to show Scott Free, who he hates because Scott Free is his uh, adoptive son that he just like threw into like slavery because he didn't give a shit about him wow (laughs) just to fuck with scott free's mind he's like i gotta show you a porno that my henchman made of superman fucking your wife i just i just super cucked you all right sorry i just just hearing that it's just so hilarious and that's canon (laughs) that is canon yep And, and now you know where like what the Scott Snyder, you know, cut of Justice League, how that really went. All that deleted footage, it's just a porno of Superman uh, fucking another man's wife. <laughs> you, you know how Darkseid was supposed to be the big villain of, like, a Justice League sequel? Yeah, they're pulling right from there. You know, he's got his henchman sleaze. That's that's exactly where the DCEU was going. Wow. Oh, you know what? I want to give Zack Snyder the rest of the money so that, like, that $30 million that he needs to make the Snyder Cut and we'll be set. A- Amen, right? Oh. So let's move on to uh, Cat Grant. Now, Cat Grant and Superman have never, like, really been in- romantically involved with each other, but she's always been, like, supposed to be, like, the sexy girl over at the Daily Planet more so than Lois Lane. Uh, and she very much aggressively pursued uh, Clark in the TV series Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman. She's the type of girl that would probably fuck for the story. Maybe. Maybe? Probably. Oh, okay. Maybe. 
I'd give her a story. <laughs> one one iconic moment from the comics. In Jeff Johns' iconic uh, Brainiac arc in the action comics, Supergirl, she goes to the Daily Planet you know, like to find Superman as his like secret identity. She's like, hey, where's Clark? Uh, I gotta talk to him. And the rest of the Daily Planet staff is there, but Clark's away. And she's using her x-ray vision for some reason, and she looks at Cat Grant's chest, and she notices, what are those plastic insertions lodged into her breast? Like, what? why are those there? And that kind of <laughs> confirms, because of her naivety and being new to Earth and abusing her powers, it confirmed, like, that Cat Grant had had, uh, you know, improvements made. And Cat Grant's like, bitch, like, not all, not all of us are aliens from another planet with perfect fucking bodies. Well, Supergirl was not very like well endowed, but she had like a very spilt body. But that's because she's like a teenage girl with perfect metabolism. Yeah, exactly. And Cat Grant is obviously a lot older, so she's just looking at you like, "Fuck you." <laughs> Have you been playing uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses on the Switch? No, I haven't. Oh, <laughs> uh, there's a character, Manuela who reminds me so much of Cat Grant, you know, where basically she teaches uh, classes to her students wearing basically a one-piece bikini, that, or not bikini, like one-piece swimsuit that like shows off her cleavage perfectly. And she's like always complaining about like how she gets dates and guys find her attractive, but like they don't want to marry her. And like she knows she's getting older and she's like a former diva and all that. She is basically like Cat Grant, but in the Fire Emblem universe and like they remind me so much of each other. Oh, that's, that's kind of like Cat Grant like she knows she's super attractive still for a few more years, but she she's at like the point in the roller coaster where it's just starting to go down and pick up like a little bit of momentum and it's going to get real fast or real yeah, real fast, real fast. Like Yeah, she so. she's starting to hear that tick-tock of that clock. Exactly, yeah. So, uh, moving on, Chloe Sullivan, not a comic book character at all, made for the TV show Smallville, editor of the Smallville Torch, uh, <laughs> with an unrequited crush for Clark, like, she just had it bad for him, like, the whole first season especially. We talked a little bit about her last time. Yeah, if only she could, like, convince him to join the cult. Oh, wait, wrong exactly. person, wrong person, I'm sorry. <laughs> Convince us to join the multi-level marketing scheme. Like, if you weren't listening to last episode, both the uh, the actress that played Chloe Sullivan, Allison Mack, and the actress that played Lana Lang, Kristen Crook, both were part of Nexium, a multi-level marketing scheme slash sex cult. <laughs> so <laughs> Chloe Sullivan, she's definitely uh, got that going for her right now. <laughs> She was like, that got her involved and stuff. She was like, oh, I want him. I want him. And uh, the last one we're going to talk about right now, we can list so, so many, but we'll, we'll keep it a short list. Eve Tessmacher, you know, Miss Tessmacher, the henchwoman of Lex Luthor, uh, with a very, very serious attraction for Superman in the Christopher Reeve movies. And man, did she know how to dress. Whew. I, I wasn't caring for the uh, bangs, but... Yeah, like, she she had a body on her, I'll say that much. So that uh, that brings us to some of our recurrent segments. Let's start off with a little game that we didn't have time in the last two episodes to play. Let's finally get into Men Want to Be Him. Andy, if you could resemble any actor, 
that portrayed Superman in live action, who would you look like? And give us give us the possibilities first. Let's uh, take a moment to enumerate all the actors, and there have been a lot of them that have played Superman over the years. Okay, let's go with the first. Okay, mm-hmm. Kirk Island. Allen. Allen. I'm sorry. Uh, now. And he was from like the original Superman serials way back in the forties. Yes, and if you look at him, he is um, there's no uh, he's amorphous, I guess that would be to describe him. Uh, yeah, a little bit of a potato right there, and you you can tell his girdle is like doing all of the work. <laughs> uh, and then uh, the next one would be George Reeves, the the father of the one that we all know, uh, Chris. Nope, Reeves. not at all. No, no relation. No relation. No. Different last names, in fact. It's George Reeves and Christopher Reeve. What the fuck? Why was I always... You know what? I'm an idiot. Never mind. Ignore me. But George Reeves. Okay, so let's go back. I, I might be. I might have that backwards. It might be Christopher Reeves and George Reeve. Uh, double check on that. I don't want to... I should know. Christopher Reeve was like my hero growing up. But uh, I think it's George Reeves and Christopher Reeve. Okay, either way, I'm an idiot. Uh, let's go back to the beginning. Okay, so a second to the beginning. A second after the beginning. Uh, George Reeves. So he uh, obviously had that look. Like he had the jaw, the face. Like he was like, I'm going to do it. He didn't. What, what he had, what the look of, like the way that uh, Joe Schuster was originally drawing Superman is like very patrician like a man who was in his 50s but because that's like what the ideal man was back then yeah a a father figure to like kids reading the comics exactly and he he looks empowering he's like he just but he also looks like i'm going to see what's happening you know he also looks like he spends a few too many years under the yellow sun and like he is not the ageless kryptonian that is going to be there till the heat death of the universe like he is already starting to show his age just a bit exactly and you can see that obviously with his forehead and right around his uh nostrils you know in his mouth and he is definitely not cut like he's got muscle on him but like it is the kind of muscle that like the old-timey weightlifters with the handlebar mustaches and the barbell weights, like those kind, which were partially the inspiration for Superman, like the circus strongmen, strongmen, and that's kind of what George Reeve was, like a strongman that they threw into a burlap sack of a Superman costume. Nothing against him. Very tragic when he killed himself. Yes, very. And then the next next one is Christopher Reeve, probably. The most iconic one. Oh, indubitably. Yes, he is just like he has the look, and I mean, if you look at the picture with him, with his his hair at the top, you know, just sort of just dangling down with the curl. Oh, the perfect split curl, absolutely. That is the most iconic one, and he's standing slightly akimbo. You know, he's not fully. He doesn't have his hand on his hips. You know, or his fist on his hips. You know, so he's not fully akimbo, but he, it's the one that everybody knows, truth, justice, in the American way. Right, and we're, we're like referencing a single picture, but like you can picture in your head like him from all of those movies, and no matter what he's doing, he looks and feels like Superman. Like You know how he was cast originally? Like uh, The scene that they had him try out was the rooftop scene with Lois, and when he 
gave the little hop down from her balcony to like the rest of it, like uh, just a little bit of a hop, not even using his flight. And then he like curled his uh, cape a little bit. Like, oh wow, this guy's like so relaxed. You know, this is what Superman would really be like. So, yeah, that that self confidence and relaxation with all this like power to him. Not trying to pose. Not trying to puff out his chest. Just knowing who he is. That's what endeared him. And being able to do the bubble, bumbling Clark Kent, like where he's stuttering, where he like, you know, is fumbling and all that. Like that very much endeared him too. He had that thing where it's like wherever he went, he knew he wasn't going to be hurt. You know, exactly. he, he just walked, walked to something, talked to you and confidently would tell you. And if he had to, he could be that person that fainted away. You know, it's it, very similar to a story uh, that Grant Morrison talks about in his book, Super Gods. Now, Grant Morrison, as you know, wrote one of the most famous Superman stories of all time, All-Star Superman. And on the cover to All-Star Superman number one is the iconic image of Superman just like sitting up in the clouds, you know, just relaxed. And he actually got that from a cosplayer that he had met that he's like, this guy is Superman. Like, I'm going to talk to this guy as if I'm talking to the character I'm about to start writing. Like, And he didn't talk to him as if he was a cosplayer playing the character. He's like, Superman, it is so good to meet you. And the guy just went with it. He just like pretended the whole time. And Morrison says it was like a shamanistic experience where like this guy was channeling him and it was like, you know, doing a seance and actually having like, you know, the spirit of this person like channeled through a medium. That's how intense it was. And I had a somewhat similar experience on the booze cruise last uh, Comic-Con where I met like probably the most famous Superman cosplayer alive today uh michael something i'm actually friends with him on facebook now and i actually got to take a cool picture with him of me and him doing the pose of uh superman as he's drawn by alex ross like my favorite artist in human history and it looks with the lighting and everything just like i am standing next to superman straight out of the painting and then i'm part of that painting too and that was cool. And actually, we had a few mutual friends we found out. Uh, so, like two degrees from Kevin Bacon almost. <laughs> so that was a lot of fun. Uh, but yeah, so I know what Grant Morrison is talking about. Like, some of these cosplayers, you're talking to the character themselves. And I did the same thing. I'm like, Superman, let me buy you a beer. They have to be in that mindset to be in that picture. You know? Right, right yeah. And sometimes they are, honestly. Mm, yeah. Okay, so the next one would be uh, Dean Kane, which everybody remembers from the Lois and Clark New Adventures of Superman. Oh, I, I remember being so excited for Super Sunday, like when that like first appeared yes. in the pilot episode. Like That was the second TV show I can remember as a kid, like looking forward to it coming before it even like debuted. Yes. Yeah. I, re I remember that as a kid, I was just like, that's the person, you know, that was like, that was the one show where it was like, it, it really, it, it built the character the same way the he built the character of who Superman was as a journalist and as a news reporter, or not a news reporter. Yeah. yeah. He, he was a reporter for yeah. a newspaper. Yeah, he he's basically, he developed the character as that, the way Kevin Conroy developed the character, well, developed the voice for Batman. 
Well, actually, what he was doing, he was channeling the recent uh, John Byrne run, where John Byrne decided the real person is Clark. Superman is just a disguise that he puts on. And so, since that was what the comics were doing, uh, Dean Cain and the producers were like, okay, that's going to be our direction. Yeah. And that's why, and this is the thing that bothers me most about Dean Cain, he has the perfect hair. He has the absolute perfect split curl straight out of the comics, but... He wears a split curl as Clark, and he slicks the hair back as Superman, oh. which he, he would be so perfect if he had the hair the other way and if he had the blue eyes. Yep, yep. And, and if he actually worked out a little bit more. like he, he needs like juice a little, put some steroids like into a syringe right between the toes, you know, really jack himself up. He, he could have been like the, the image of Superman. If he had if he had gone around as Clark Kent wearing contacts and as Superman not wearing contacts and and having his hair slightly different, he could literally almost look like a different person, you know. And with his speed, he could do it. He because- actually did pull it off. Do you remember watching that show? Like, you could almost believe that you know people would be fooled. Like, oh, you yeah, Clark are. Different people. Slightly different makeup. I mean, he was essentially the first Instagram star, you know? Was? How so? Well, before Instagram, you know, there was Superman. And he had that look where he could just suddenly be a different person. And if you actually saw the way Instagram stars look today, where they look like, oh, there's that person that you see as that character on that that, that part. And then you see them in real life and you realize, oh, oh my God. You know, you you realize a little bit of makeup actually changes a lot. Just a little bit of hair, maybe some contacts. A 40-year-old woman can look like a 25-year-old woman, you know? Gotcha. I just recently, like, got onto Instagram. I might have, like, 15 pictures on there all together. And uh, I don't really follow too many people on it uh, too closely. Like, I, I wasn't aware of this subculture, to be honest. I wouldn't call it a subculture. I call it the culture. Um, and... Yeah, you'll definitely see like there's Instagram actresses or I'd say Instagram um not say models. The, you know, they they think they have a following. They probably have like, you know, 500,000 followers. They probably have maybe five people that actually That's quite dedicate. a lot. I I hope this show gets 500,000 followers. Here's the thing. A lot of these people that's like one actress one Instagram model, she tried to put out like, you know, like she was selling shirts. She could only sell like shirts, six shirts. She had like 36,000 people or something like that. It was like an insane amount of people and it was like nothing for like shirt sales. There was a big discrepancy. Even though people follow you and listen to you, not very many people are going to promote you or buy from you so anecdote from the cowboy's life for a second yeah. i actually did date an instagram model she only had like five thousand followers or so which have a lot more than follow me honestly yeah but still like five thousand guys thought she was hot enough to like follow her and like she she and i dated very very intensely for uh like a week and a half before uh, i broke things off because she was she was crazy. I know guys say that about like girls that break up. No, I've dated over a hundred women, and this this is crazy number one. And yeah, uh, for every you know twenty five, thirty women I've dated, they've been sane versus like one one crazy. And she she earned that name. Like 
But she actually looked exactly like her photos on Instagram. I, I gotta give her that. Like, I wasn't coming into anything where I was fooled. Like, I met her that day that we, like, matched on Tinder. And, like, oh, no. Like, yeah, you're this model that, like, I was hoping you were. And, yeah, obviously things did not work out. But I still kept following her on Instagram. Why? Because as a model, she kept posting like bikini pics, and I knew for the next nine months, all right, no uh, no accidental love child from that mistake. And that is the real purpose of Instagram, to make sure you ain't going to get involved in like Maury Povich anytime in the next few months. It's, it, it's a good idea to just basically just when people brag about how many followers they have, chances are the people that are really dedicated to them are a fraction of a fraction of a fraction you know a fraction of what though well all right so so just because you follow a bunch of people doesn't mean you're actually you know so much like you have people actors or models out there they say like hey i'm going out to do this oh yeah you're beautiful sure okay and then you go out and you're like i have to go like work i have to go to like eat i have to go do other things oh like somebody posted something oh i love you babe you're great and then pass it on to something else and then just go on to another thing of their life and stuff it's just to me it's like it's just almost another thing for some instagram models to think that like they're they're special when they're just a guy sort of like oh yeah you're pretty girl and then move on I will have to say from the other side of things, like it is very, very cool. Like it's a good feeling when every single time your girlfriend posts a picture, a whole bunch of other dudes are like, Oh wow. I wish I can be dating you. And you know, yeah, they do wish that, but I am the guy dating her. But here's the thing. It's a thousand guys that are just probably doing that once in the day. You know, it's like there may be a bunch of, but here's the thing. You got to think you're one of those types. So put yourself as one over, because I, I think in math terms, one over, what are you, 5,000 of, of those people? So 5,000, one over 5,000. Oh, now you're one over 100,000 people? Okay, so now you're one over 100,000 people. You know, oh, you're one over a million people now? Because you're all guys that all want to do the same thing, tell this girl that she's hot, and then she gets off on it. And then it's sort of like it, I don't know. Right, but they all want to date her too, and I'm the one that actually do doing that. Like, so yeah, I am the one out of like the, that many. Like, okay, all right, yeah, yeah, you're right. That's the, that's the difference. <laughs> all right. You know, I'm not one of five thousand. I'm one out of five thousand, and the out of is being operative right there. Okay, all right, that's another way to look. Yeah, as in I beat out like four thousand nine hundred ninety nine, like. Except for that that one Instagram uh, model that you tried to ditch. What was wrong with her again? She was crazy. Okay. <laughs> All right. She, she was on the south side of the Nicki Mendoza diagonal, also known as the hot crazy scale from How I Met Your Mother. Like, she was very, very, very hot, but she was also very, 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 very crazy. <laughs> yeah. So... All right, let's go to the next person. All right, <laughs> who is the next person? Tom Welling, which we all remember from the the Smallville the small Smallville show. Right, and not just remember, 
He's also going to be Superman once again. Crisis on Infinite Earths. It is happening. It's like they're they're literally they're they're understanding the fan. It, the, when they're making this show and they're realizing, okay, we want to do Crisis on Infinite Earth, we're like, please do this, and the, they're like, okay, we're going to listen to you and we're going to do that. And it, it is better than anything my childhood, you know, self could have dreamed of. And you're thinking the whole time, thank you, thank you, that you're doing what we're asking. You know, it's you're, you're giving you're giving thanks to those that are having the power to do the things that you want you, them to do, and they're giving yep. you what you want. I can't be ha- more happier. And speaking of crosses on Infinite Earths, we got another, Brandon Routh from Superman Returns. He is going to be uh, the Kingdom Come Superman, like the old man Superman with the gray in his temples. Like, that, that's who uh, Brandon Routh is going to be in Crisis on Infinite Earths. All right, so we actually we did not get a chance to talk about Tom Welling. What, what are your thoughts there? All right, so Tom Welling. I didn't watch a lot of his TV, uh, TV show I, when I was in the – actually, he, all right, sad story. When I was actually in the Marines, uh, my roommate would watch that show religiously, and I never got into it. And all right, No, I was like your roommate. I was watching it just as much. Uh, I, I kind of regret d- not doing it. I remember him getting into it. That was the one thing that he was into. Um, it was very WBCW-like teen angsty crap. Like it, it was poorly written. I just love the character so much that I – I didn't care. Well, did, did it remind you of like the Flash, poorly written? No, or? the Flash is much better written. Like uh, this is like CW back in the day. I mean, e- even Flash doesn't hold a candle to, you know, the Marvel Netflix stuff. Like that is well written television. Uh, Flash at its best is never at that, and Smallville only at its best is as good as like the Flash. So it, it was subpar but every once in a while you'd have like a mythology focused episode like when he first meets dr swan played by uh, christopher reeve and you have like the one superman meeting the other like those were great episodes like those were great television but rarely maybe once a season out of like the 10 seasons yeah did something like that actually occur he told me my my roommate told me that it was like when they did do things that were cool it was cool, and yeah. but most of the episodes weren't. And no, not at all. It was like Freak of the Week, like cheap version of the X Files bullshit. Yeah. Now, what what do you actually think of his look with respect to the character of Superman? He has it. You know, he obviously, if he let his let his little curl down, um, he he obviously has that you know English face. Uh, Superman has that sort of um. That European, English, um, Northern European type face. Yeah, prominent cheekbones, but gaunt uh, below that. Like I, I know what you're saying. I-, I think the nose and lips for Tom Welling are a little different than like the Superman character. Like they they don't quite look right. Yeah. Like there's something off. Like he's a very handsome man, but he does not look like Superman. Uh, not in objective ways. Like, he's got a strong jaw. He's got blue eyes. He's got, like, all those. He just never had quite the look. And the fact that he refused to, like, cut his hair right and comb it right, like, yeah. just made it even further. Like, he always had his hair way too long. That should have been his contract. Trim the hair. You know, he, his face kind of reminds me of the way um, Tom Holland has the body 
and the sort of acting skills that should be Superman, but the face is slightly off. And that's the only disagreement, you know? All right. You know, it would be like that. It would be like, you know, you've got everything but that. And that would be my only disagreement. Fair enough. Let's talk to uh, the next guy. Yes. Also going to be in Crisis on Infinite Earths. Oh, thank God. Yes. Uh, all right. So the next one is Brandon Routh from Superman Returns. And I think they were – they what they tried to do in that, sh- that movie was actually bring – Superman out, and they brought like, like like they, but they exaggerated everything. It looked too fake almost to me. If to, it was like it wasn't more natural, it was more like let's present this as an idealized version. And in some ways, it struck. It 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 was like yes, that's what it, Superman should be. But at the same time, it was so stark that it was like it wasn't it wasn't real. It was just too comic booky. It was like. If you were trying to do just two comic books, then it's perfect. You know, I don't know. I've got a few problems with Brandon Routh. I I do think he's an extremely handsome man. Like, maybe at the top of this list so far. And we'll we'll get back around that too later. One, he combs his hair on the wrong side to play Superman. Like, the split curl goes to the other side of the hair. But that could have been easily fixed. Like, the other thing... He wasn't playing Superman. He was playing Christopher Reeve playing Superman, which is absolutely like Scott Snyder's direction. Like, that is the movie Snyder was trying to make on purpose. However, I wanted to, like, just see his take on Superman, like, instead. And we never really got that, unfortunately. That's why he was cast. Not because he looked like Superman, because he looked like Christopher Reeve. Okay, okay. You see that? Yeah. I mean, he has the, the look. You know, it was like they needed the look, they got the look. Yeah, and I've loved him in everything else that he has done uh, since then. Like, he has been uh, Adam on uh, Legends of Tomorrow. He has been uh, in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World as one of the evil exes. So, he's had a, like, a good career doing comic book movies. Uh, I just think that there was problems in his portrayal of Superman. And the director of that was Brian Singer. Right. Right. Not 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 Zack Snyder. Oh, did I say Zack Snyder? Yeah. Ah. Slip of the tongue. Oh, don't 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 taint him with with Brian Singer, please. Seriously, no. Yeah, Singer. Well, no. There was good parts to that movie that Singer made. Singer himself is not is not a good person. You know what? I never. I never confuse the two. Like, I never confuse the art and the artist. So, I assume that all people are bad people. And the, there's two kinds of people yeah. in this world. okay, okay. Those who you know their skeleton in their closet and those with skeletons in the closet that you don't know about. I think everyone in Hollywood is a Harvey Weinstein that you just haven't found out their dirty little secret <laughs> yet. I, you know what? I think you're right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, you're 100% right on that one. Wow. There's probably like four or five decent human beings in the world. Yes. Not just Hollywood, just in the world. Keanu Reeves and probably we don't know the rest of their names. Oh, God. And Keanu Reeves, when I see him sit down and just look at life, I understand that, you know, he's just thinking. You know, he's not like, you know, I have to kill a person. He's a good person. Matrix 4, it's happening. The one is going to save us. 
Dude, I'm so looking forward to that. I, I don't know. I, I would have almost liked a prequel to The Matrix or something like that. Like, the idea of a sequel, like, where, where do you go? He already freed humans from the machines. Like, to, any sequel is going to suggest that Neo's sacrifice, like, wasn't sufficient. That Like, it wasn't good enough. Like, I don't know. I, I actually more or less liked Revolutions, and so... Yeah, just, we'll see. I, I'm willing to give it another chance. Or, not another chance, I'm willing to give it a chance. I didn't think Toy Story 3 or 4 could be a satisfied sequel, so I'll, I'll, I'll not be so incredulous. I guess I have to see that one. And, you know, yeah, alright. Alright, who do we got next? Uh, okay, so there is uh, Henry Cavill, who is quite possibly has the most stunning look of of uh of Superman since Christopher Reeve. How do you mean stunning? Like Christopher or, or do you mean the face or do you mean like the body or the whole package or the the presence. The presence, okay. The, the sort of like cuz if you look at Christopher Reeve, it didn't matter if he was strong. He didn't care. Like he was like I am literally invincible. He walked through things. You know, but I mean, Henry Cavill, he is visibly strong. He is actually ripped. It's not like, you know, the costume doing him favors. Those are real muscles that he actually put on. Exactly. So you sort of you have like that two thing, you know, that that sort of two parter where you have that Superman that knows literally he is strong. You know, that 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 Brandon Ralph where he just stands there and just sort of lets things bounce off of him, you know, because Superman is literally bulletproof. He walks through everything. He could literally walk through a whole wall and it would be nothing. And he would just continue walking because that's what he can do. I'll say this. Of all the human actors portraying Superman, the one most likely to survive a bullet just because of his incredible muscle mass slowing it down before it hits the vital organs... Definitely Henry Cavill. Yes, 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 uh, absolutely. It, it, I, I, I would think like physically it would be Henry Cavill, but the presence and the acting would be Christopher Reeve walking through things. All right. I, I do have one, two problems with Henry Cavill. Three. He parts the hair on the wrong side. Okay, again. one. I agree. Yes. His hair is thinning a little bit too much i don't even know that it's thinning but it's just like a, a very yes. high hairline like they should have done the, whatever they did for like michael scott come office like season three or whatnot where his hair magically got thicker like i don't care what kind of hollywood magic you have to do what kind of like five thousand dollar surgery like to implant a few more hair plugs in there just thicken that out like get get a better hairline for this man if he's gonna play superman yes uh, and three this really doesn't affect what he physically looks like, but put on a pair of fucking red underwear. Like, you look like a fucking idiot, you know, just with the blue on blue on blue. No. Yeah. Superman has red trunks. I, I, I ain't having it. You know, if they found a way to, like, blend it in and make it look cool, the fact that they don't have it kind of hurts. It just hurts oh, the image. You, you gotta break up the costume. Yes. Yeah. Honestly, th it that's what Superman was famous for was fucking having the trunks. I mean, I thought about just making it a fashion statement in my own regular life. Like, 
it's a good look. I can see it being the trend of like, you know, 2020. You're like, all right, this is what people on the Parisian runways are wearing. It's underwear on the outside. It makes sense. I, I've actually got a friend that works for Ralph Lauren. I got to talk to him about. <laughs> all right, we got one more. Uh, uh, yes, and it's uh, it's Tyler Holschlin, the one who plays on Supergirl, and yep. he like the other one doesn't have his trunks. Ugh. Annoying. I, I say he has one thing above all the other Superman. Yes. That everyone else needs to emulate, like including the comics. He has got a gorgeous five o'clock shadow. The kind I am envious of. The kind that I would just sport around town all day, every day. It's five o'clock somewhere. <laughs> That's what my beard wants to say. Uh, and he parts his hair the right way. And he parts his hair the right way. It needs a bit more of a sp- uh, split curl, but still. Yeah, I got to give him props just for, you know, growing the stubble out. But, but Andy. Yes. If you had to look like any one of these actors, like if you had to wake up tomorrow morning and in the mirror, one of these faces is staring back at you. Whose face is it? Oh, it's Henry Cavill. It's, it's that body. I want that body. I want, oh, I want the body of Ken, Henry Cavill. I think I have to go with Brandon Routh, especially like knowing that he could be a much more handsome man, like uh, in Scott Pilgrim versus the world and all that. Like, yeah, I would probably have to go. He's got that butt chin thing going on. That really works. <laughs> yeah. The cleft chin. Yeah. Yep. Very, very classic Superman look. Now we don't normally do this, but I'm going to do a little game of, uh, you know, who we're going to cast if we could cast Superman. Because I think uh, the second I saw this guy, like, oh, no, there's Superman. Better than anyone that's ever played him before. Do you remember the Always Sunny episode, uh, Charlie and Dee find love, where they start dating uh, the Taps? Did, did, did you see that episode? I, I've seen I've seen a, some episodes. I haven't seen all of them. Um, I, love, I love that show. I think fucking that show is great. Um, the one that uh, D is dating, like he's a direct descendant of Taft himself. Uh, a guy is uh, played by Josh Casabon. If you look at him, like he is, he is Superman with the hair, with the chin, just like with the classically good look. Like if I had to cast Superman in a movie today, that is the first call I'm making. Josh Casabon. So I, I know I like didn't give you time to prep like an answer, yeah. so I, I don't need. Yours, so I, I don't have one. <laughs> All right, yeah, yeah. But uh, speaking of which, let's get on to the casting couch. Let's uh, take a look at some of Superman's uh, love interests and femme fatales in live action and talk about which actress is most attractive. So uh, who are some of our options, Andy? Okay, so there's Valley P- Valerie Perrin, who was uh, Eve Tresh- Tessmacher in Superman 1 and 2. Yeah, Tess Mocker. Tess Mocker. <laughs> yep. Gene Hackman would yell it like, Miss Tess Mocker! <laughs> and she was stunning. Like that, yes, darling, I'm stunning. Yes, okay, and then there was uh, there was Allison Mack, you know, Nixium. Yep, Chloe Sullivan from Smallville. What is she dipping her hand? Oh, God, just look at that clear. Like, she... Perfect blonde hair, like, you know. You know it's not naturally blonde, or at least not like oh, that. Oh, not with those eyebrows. No, no the carpet definitely doesn't match the drapes. Well, those aren't drapes. I don't know what those are. <laughs> but our eyebrows, 
not they're not drapes though. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I don't know why Clark was so uh, ignorant of her advances in that show. Like I, I would have been like Lana, if you're not gonna give me the time of day, I'm gonna go with this gorgeous blonde that is all over me right here. So who do we, who else we got? Okay, so the next is uh. Uh, Tracy Scoggins as Scoggins. Scoggins, sorry, as Cat Grant. Uh, right from uh, Lois and Clark: The New Adventures of Superman. And she was essentially a looks like a playmate model. She was probably what was she? Tracy Scoggins. She, she looked late twenties, early thirties uh, at the time of the filming, I think. But, but very good looking. You can tell she's a bit older, but good looking for her age. Like, And that's another one. Like, Lois not necessarily giving Clark or Superman the time of day in the early episodes. But uh, Tracy Scoggins, Cat Grant, absolutely was. Like, man, don't, don't fight it. Just go with it. Like, this very attractive girl likes you. Just, I've made that mistake in my life before where I've been in love and all these gorgeous girls I could have been dating that were very attracted to me, that said as much, like, I dated them, broke up with them, or I just, like, never never dated them because I was so hung up on, like, one girl. I, I made the mistake, Clark. Don't be me. <laughs> I, I want to become a writer for Superman just so I can have him play the field, make up for his past mistakes. All right, who else we got? Okay, so the next uh, girl is Parker Posey as Kitty Kowalski in Superman Returns. Yeah, she is. She is a looker. She was basically the replacement for uh, Miss Tessmacher. Like, just like Superman Returns is a direct sequel to Superman 1 and 2, like, they couldn't get, like, the same uh, Miss Tessmacher, so they got Kitty Kowalski in. She was a fine substitute. She served the purpose. You know, and I, I can see why Clark in that movie though was still going for Lois Lane because I think Kate Bosworth just slightly more attractive. Slightly, yeah. She she's got uh, Parker Posey has a slightly longer face, a little more squarish, rectangularish. Now, many many girls uh, were in Smallville that Clark like dated throughout the years. I did want to draw attention to two that I think are just above all the others, like easily. First has got to be the character of Victoria Hardwick as played by Kelly Brook. Now, Kelly Brook, as you know, very, very famous model. She, she was in uh, season two, I believe it was episode two, where he first discovers his heat vision because this substitute teacher of his uh, is just so hot that she's literally making him hot and burn the school down because of, like, puberty. Like she, she is so sexy that she induces Kryptonian puberty. And you look at her picture, and like, yeah, like that would have made my balls drop too. He's probably over in the corner jerking off and like shoot loads. No, he like- wasn't. That's the thing, though. What had happened was she was engaged to Lex Luthor. She was like this Black Widow type that kept marrying rich billionaires and like taking their money when they die because of her. And she was gonna marry uh, Lex, but. She also wanted to cheat on Lex with his best friend, her sophomore student, Clark Kent. Like, he was supposed to be 15 or 16, but he was being portrayed by, like, the 26-year-old Tom Wellen. And so she literally, like, goes to seduce him in his barn at night where he's doing the Kryptonian equivalent of jerking it as he's, like, lighting a hundred different candles, testing out his heat vision, which... As they just established, 
comes at the onset of puberty. And so he's thinking about Lana and his teacher, and that's making the heat vision squirt out of his eyes, sort of like uh, Spider-Man's uh, web fluid. And he's lighting like this hundred candles during the worst heat wave Kansas has ever seen. And Kelly Brooks, the most gorgeous model of the time, walks into his room and like, <laughs> hey, we should cheat on my uh, husband like on our wedding night, you and me, right now. And he turns her down. Oh, well. Oh, too much of a goody two-shoes. You've already blown her brains out. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> like, like Homelander. <laughs> Imagine if he did that. Like, it would have been like Homelander on uh, episode eight of season one of The Boys, uh-huh. where he looks into that woman uh, that he loved, like the uh, CEO, and he just melts her brains out. But Clark would have done it accidentally. That was the last episode. Yeah, oh my god. How great was that episode? Oh. Where, where uh, Billy Butcher, he's like, I found your weakness. It's this uh, woman that you're in love with. Like, Oh, you think you found my weakness? He looks at her right in the eyes, and he just melts her brain out. And then oh. he looks back at him and says, like, oh, so about that plan. Exactly. Oh, man. Phenomenal television. Fuck it. Blow it up. Then <laughs> he's like, all right, fine. Might as well die. <laughs> And then he doesn't even let him die. He's like, oh, by the way, the wife that you've been mourning, the reason, like, you hate me so much because you think I raped your wife? No, it was consensual sex. She never wanted to see you again. And here's the love child I had with her. And now I'm going to have a family, the one that you were denied. Oh, that is a Kryptonian kick in the balls right there. Dude, like... The the, the, the the anger that guy must feel, like, to know that his own wife was just like, you know, I went for this Slept other guy. with his arc enemy, yeah. I was just like, god damn it, I loved you, you know? It's just like, everything... We're, def- We're definitely doing an episode about the boys, I can't wait. Oh. Like, that was such a phenomenal show. Yeah, alright. Alright, we, we got one more, uh, no, no, two more. Alicia Baker... Uh, was the name of the character played by Sarah Carter? I think she was maybe the single hottest girl that Smallville ever had on. Like, she is honestly, if I can like pull a Pygmalion and carve a Galatea, she might be the model that I use for that statue that I'm gonna have Venus bring to life. Like, Sarah Carter is just physical perfection in you know human female form. Like, the Virgin Mary herself was probably the only hotter woman in human history. Because, you know, if God's going to get with anyone, it's got to be the hottest. So, like, you probably have Eve, the Virgin Mary, and then you got uh, Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. They're pretty high up there. You uh, you agree or disagree there? Uh, she is very attractive, and I think she was attractive back then. She's gotten a little older now. Her jaws look a little wider. I don't know. Uh, yeah, we're, we're talking about back then. Obviously. Yeah, about obviously back then stunning oh my god the way she parted her hair the way she had her hair down like that you know it was like those eyes that just communicate she doesn't have to say i love you you know it's just that look that that look and i'm i'm back in the 90s you know (laughs) those soft cheeks that have never had like a a pimple in their life that 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 nose those lips that chin the the way she looks up yeah Yeah. The, the thin neck like yeah porcelain perfection all right last one and that would be uh, Callista Flockhart as Cat Grant in Supergirl. Now, remind me, Callista Flockhart, is that Alec McBeal? Yes. 
The one. All right, I thought so. Very wife of Harrison Ford. Wait, really? That I did not know. Yes, yes. Harrison Ford left his wife and went to Callista Flockhart. Why? Because she's younger and probably tighter. Well, naturally, you got to upgrade like every uh, 15 to 20 years, just like a car. Or 20 years. Yeah, yeah, like 20 years. And then, you know, he's probably going to divorce her and then, you know, probably get to another one and then fuck her for a while and then die, you know? Yeah, very presidential of him. Uh, and he was the president of Air Force One, and our current president is doing the same thing. Uh, he probably—I guarantee you—he'll get—he'll divorce Calista Fogart, marry another woman, and have another kid. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. Oh, of course not. I'm just saying what's going to happen. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. Well, all right. Uh, so who would you say of all those is the most attractive? Who is like the hottest girl on the casting couch this week? Victoria Hardwick. You know what? I, I've been praising Alicia Baker this whole time. I don't think you're wrong, though. Kelly Brook? Yeah. I, I'm going to second that one. I think we're in agreement here. I mean, now, today, she goes for the BBC, but back then, oh, God, before she was all ruined, yeah, she's probably, like, hot as fuck. Right. No, we are talking, like, you know, almost 20 years ago now. Uh, yeah. And, and yeah. I remember in high school liking uh, Alicia Baker a little bit better, but through adult eyes, yeah, Kelly Brook. That's that's what we're both in agreement on. Which brings us to the final segment of each and every show. So I'm at the bar. And you were at the bar this time too, and it was a bar in the hotel room where I was throwing a uh, party, one of my great Gatsby parties, which they weren't 20s-themed. They were just big parties that were very expensive that I was paying for. Uh, and this was at the presidential suite of the Hyatt in town. Uh, and I was playing bartender. I had like a whole uh, cocktail list. And I was, I'm always very proud of my cocktail lists. Uh, one of the uh, drinks I remember was named La Petite Apresse L'Amour. No, uh, no. Uh, La Petite Morte L'Apresse. Sorry, I, I don't speak French. Uh, I just knew the one French pun. So, la petite morte la presse means the little death in the afternoon. And as you know, the little death is a French euphemism for orgasm. And a death in the afternoon is a classic cocktail of half champagne, half absinthe. And it's relevant because me and the girl I'm about to talk about, we ended up drinking the entire thing of champagne and the entire bottle of absinthe, just the two of us. Plus every other cocktail on that list. Like, we drank like a gallon and a half each. And I woke up the next morning like, who the hell drank all my absinthe? And they're like, you cowboy. You and the Russian drank it all. Which brings us to the real story. So, the party was mostly like, just to like, thank my friends for being my friends, to celebrate, to have a good time. But also, it kind of turned into an impromptu congratulations party for my, uh, friend that uh, just got a job with the Pentagon uh, that week. And we had a lot of folks there, but uh, I ended up, and this is unusual for my parties, like the party I just had this last weekend, I didn't know a single person that had come to my party. There were all a whole bunch of Brits that I had never met before that night. <laughs> but this party, I actually knew everybody except for one girl. She knocks at the door and she is in full Great Gatsby, 20-style, fopper outfit. But she was hot. So we let her in, and she's like, yeah, I'm here for the party. Like, we don't think anything of it. 
And then as you and me and a few others are like partying, we realize, wait a minute, we got a Pentagon official here. We got this Russian girl that no one knows. Do we have a Russian spy that's trying to honeypot our friend from the Pentagon? And honestly, it's a question that none of us have ever been able to definitively answer. And I still, to this day, maintain there was like a 1% chance that that was what the original plan was, that she was a Russian spy. However, she didn't go home with the Pentagon official. She ended up going uh, or taken back uh, to her place. My British friend, uh, you know, I, I shouldn't use names here. Uh, oops, maybe I'll... Uh, edit that out like in editing so this one british bloke who never even goes to sleep 8 a.m he is still drinking his like 15th or 16th beer at that point uh and he's just trying to pick a fight with everyone there because that's the culture he's from like the british pub culture where hey the football game just ended so let's knock out someone's tooth right now he literally like took my friend joe like his foot uh his shoe off his foot threw it out the window is like you want to fight me because of it and my friend's like no i don't want to fight you <laughs> so he couldn't pick any fights but he was able to uh successfully seduce the uh maybe kgb agent so she takes him back to her place he promptly passes the fuck out on her bed and defecates himself and she she texts this to everyone that had been at the party because we all got her number and whatnot. And I'm thinking, huh, well, I guess I didn't miss my chance with her. So I, I, I'm i like, okay, well, this guy clearly struck out. And she and I actually ended up dating for a little while. We, uh, we went on a few dates. So was she just trying to get some state secrets about my, my friend from me? Maybe. Did I divulge any? No. Would I have? Maybe. She did have a great rack. I'll, I'll tell say that much. She still does. Oh, right. They, you know her. That's right. Jump forward to the next Halloween, and I'm, I'm out dressed like I always am for Halloween as a cowboy, just like I am for every day. And who do I see, like, for the very first time, basically, since the party? The British bloke. And he's like, cowboy, hey, let's hang out. So we go to the nearest bar, we get a drink, and... I tell him for the first time, like, yeah, the reason things didn't work out with that Russian girl is because you, you pooped the bed. And we all know it because she texted it to everyone. And he's like, oh, man, I hate that girl so much. I'm so mad at her. Like, if I ever saw her, I would punch a woman. I would punch her right in the face. As he's telling me this, like, because it's Halloween, everyone's in costume. I'm checking out this one girl, like, in a mask, like a eyes wide shut kind of mask. That I can tell, like, from behind is, like, checking me out. And she's, from what I can see of her face, is, you know, attractive. But I, I don't recognize her. Eventually, he has to get somewhere. I'm just hanging out. And then when he leaves, I'm, like, going over to this girl. Like, obviously, she's eyeing me. I realize only after I introduce myself that this girl that was, like, five feet away from us, as he's saying that he wants to punch this girl, it's the same Russian chick. Like, the very same girl. I, I see them both like, for the first time in months on that same night. Neither of them recognized each other. She did not realize, you know, from his costume that it was the British bloke. Like, I, and obviously he didn't realize it was the Russian chick. 
She and I start hanging out. We end up like deep into the ghetto, like 3.30 in the morning. I, I was going to walk her home, but uh, she is all right, passed out in like some stranger's uh, apartment. Like She claims she's friends with them. They claim they're friends with her. I'm like, all right. And they're like, but we don't know you, dude. You got to go. So there I am at like 3.30 Halloween night, you know, walking a mile and a half through the ghetto. That Not how I pictured my time with the Russian spy ending, but yeah. To be clear, I never divulge any state secrets. I have been loyal to America. And let's just say, in all hypothetical situations, I absolutely would have been. I would not betray my country for Russian... Uh, you know what? Let's not leave that off the table. Any spies out there, you want to try and honeypot me? You're welcome to try. Uh, I invite you to. All right, that's going to be it for this episode of the Super Sexy Podcast. See y'all. See ya.